Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Joining us on the program is the Premier of Alberta, Jason Kenney. And Mr. Kenney has uh, provincial matters to deal with, not only as far as the pandemic is concerned, but he's also undertaken an energy initiative, because eventually, when this all ends, we'll have to restart our economy. Premier, thank you very much for taking the time. And let me start by asking you for your reaction to President Trump's uh, declaration that N95 masks and ventilators should stay in the United States and not come to Canada. It's extremely disappointing, uh, Roy. This uh, is a country that, um, uh, Canada, that has always stood by the United States. Uh, we did so after 9-11. But we made a real sacrifice uh, to uh, join with the United States in defending uh, uh, their national security as well as ours. Uh, and we've done that all through our history. You know, it kind of reminded me of the beginning of the Second World War when Canada was a part of the fight against global fascism being led by Britain. Uh, and uh, the Americans sat out the first two and a half years of that war. Not only that, but for much of that time, they wouldn't even supply Canada or Britain with materiel. And uh, this reminds me of that. Now, I obviously hope that um, uh, the president rethinks this and realizes that we are uh, allies together. We've always been together through tough times in history, and we should be through this tough time in history. What can you tell us, Premier, about the uh, conference call with the Prime Minister and the other Premiers? How did that go? How much cooperation is there among you all? Remarkably good cooperation right across the country and across party lines. Uh, politics has all been put aside and regionalism put aside for us to focus uh, together on defeating this invisible enemy of the coronavirus. Uh, I'm actually quite moved by uh, the, the sense of, of solidarity uh, on display as we meet as, as premiers and, and with the national government. Um, you know, Alberta is going through a triple triple whammy. Not only are we facing a the biggest public health crisis since the Spanish flu in 1918 and, and the uh, global coronavirus recession, uh, but on top of that, we're seeing a, a meltdown in our largest industry, Canada's largest industry subsector, the oil and gas sector, uh, which is responsible for employing about 800,000 Canadians directly and indirectly. And obviously the uh, collapse in energy prices brought on in part by the collapse in demand uh, because of the coronavirus, but also uh, it, it, it's been amplified by the Russian-Saudi uh, oil price war. This has very grave implications for uh, the people of Alberta. Uh, it means that the economic downturn the rest of the country has seen is probably twice as serious in my province. It also means it will take a lot longer for Alberta to recover uh, from this uh, downturn, the likes of which we have not seen since the Great Depression. And I just wanted, wanted to say how, how I've been touched, almost basically been quite emotionally moved uh, to hear constant expressions of, of uh, support and solidarity from uh, premiers across the country who understand the, the unique adversity that Alberta is facing right now. So, uh, and you face this adversity uh, and an escalating adversity for some period of time. But you've invested or will invest $7.5 billion in Keystone XL from Alberta to Nebraska. You're clearly confident this is a sound investment, that oil prices will rebound, and that the United States, even if it elects a Democrat president, won't be slamming the door on the Keystone routing with construction then already underway by a good six months before the next president is sworn in. Would you, uh, just for the benefit of all of us, explain to us what exactly your government is doing and, and just the rationale behind the move? 
Sure. Just to, for those not aware, Keystone XL is a proposed uh, enlargement of a pipeline that's existed between Canada and the U.S. Midwest uh, for many years. Uh, it's been on the books for a decade. Uh, TransCanada Pipelines, now called TC Energy, has already invested $6 billion in it. But it became a political football and ultimately under pressure from uh, the green left that's been trying to landlock Canadian energy. Uh, President Obama vetoed the project. And since then, uh, President Trump granted a permit, but it's been co- subject to constant legal harassment. The same groups that killed the Northern Gateway Pipeline, killed Energy East, have endlessly de- delayed the Trans Mountain Pipeline that were standing on train tracks to uh, protest uh, the coastal gas link project. The same movement, backed by the same foreign funders, have been behind trying to shut down the proposed Keystone XL pipeline. Well, what we did this week, uh, after eight months of careful negotiations, was to uh, remove the political risk for TC Energy to proceed on the financial side. They, we need, they needed, uh, because the capital markets were not prepared to backstop that project, Invest, private investors were not going to risk their money in a situation that has become so heavily politicized, partly because of concern that a future U.S. president might repeal the permit to allow it to proceed, and uh, because of the current meltdown in, in energy markets. So we needed to step forward. Uh, to with an investment on behalf of the government of Alberta, we're putting in a 1.5 billion dollars as a uh, equity investment with preferred shares this year to begin construction. It started uh, this week, April one, and uh, next year we're offering a, a six billion dollar loan guarantee to help the company finance the cons- rest of the construction. Uh, it is planned to come into uh, operation on April, sorry June of 2023, and will allow us to ship at least 830. Thousand billion, sorry, 830,000 uh, barrels of additional Canadian oil to the U.S. Gulf Coast refineries uh, that will, uh, we estimate, uh, generate a net $30 billion in additional revenues uh, for the for Canadian governments. So this is, you're right, there is risk involved in this, but we're sending a message to the green left foreign-funded special interests that have tried so desperately to landlock our energy, and we're sending a message to OPEC, the Saudis and the Russians that are trying to drive North America out of the global energy markets right now, that they will not prevail, that we will do whatever it takes to ensure a future for our economy and for our workers. I don't see that you had any alternative. Now, there are op-ed writers, and we know the PMO has told us they're always available, um, but there are op-ed writers who've taken a run at you over this, but I don't see how Alberta had any alternative. And ultimately, as you say, it's a $30 billion investment for the good of this country when our economy starts to move forward again. Yeah, and, and uh, Roy, since the federal government bought the Trans Mountain Expansion Project because of the legal and political uncertainty created by the same foreign-funded and special interests, uh, Kinder Morgan, the uh, proponent of that project, uh, walked away. Uh, the federal government, uh, I, I appreciate it, they stepped in to keep that project alive. But we are not going to bet the entire... The, uh, the, the future of Alberta's economy on the prospect of that one project proceeding. Um, you know, one of the reasons we are so uniquely vulnerable to this uh, dumping, predatory dumping of oil on global markets by the Saudis and Russians right now is because we do not have global access. We are still, you know, we have the third largest oil reserves on Earth. Uh, we're, the largest is Venezuela, then Saudi, then, then Alberta, then Canada, through Alberta. And uh, after that, Russia and so on. So 
this is a, this is an asset for which there is going to be significant global demand for decades to come, even as the world uh, moves to alternative forms of energy. We are talking here about hundreds and hundreds of billions of dollars of wealth, hundreds of thousands of jobs, tens of billions of dollars of government revenue for healthcare and education. Uh, and a path for us in this part of the country to continue diversifying our economy, but it will not happen by accident. The investment that we made this week was an indication of Alberta taking control of our economic destiny. I'm a market guy. I'm not prone to government intervention, obviously, in in things like this by nature. But this, the, the, the failure to get pipelines built out of Canada to generate hundreds of billions of dollars of value is not a market failure. It is a failure of politics. And so uh, I, I concluded that we need, if, if politics has, has killed and stunted pipelines, then we may need political engagement to get one built. Okay, Premier, one more question for you. Talk to us about the initiatives that you've undertaken as far as the pandemic is concerned and countering uh, people who still, oddly enough, seem to believe that it's okay to go out and just have some fun. Yeah, you know, I I can't believe anybody is still acting that way. Um, And there's good and bad coming out of this crisis, right? On the... uh, uh, let me start with the bad. We still we have we've seen examples of price gouging, of um, fraud, uh, op- frauds, fraud operations targeting vulnerable seniors around the COVID crisis. We've seen uh, people ignoring the public health orders uh, to self-isolate and, and engage in social distancing. Uh, and all I can say to those folks who are either willfully uh, or uh, ignoring uh, the crisis who are engaging in behavior that could spread the disease, or worse yet, who are seeking to exploit it, shame on them. But I think those irresponsible people are massively outweighed by the millions of points of light that we see, the remarkable um, response to to, to everything as simple as delivering groceries for shut-in seniors next door, uh, to the outpouring of support for charities like food banks and, and homeless shelters, uh, to the uh, private sector companies who are converting uh, their um, production facilities to produce protective, personal protective equipment and, and ventilators, to, to, to just so many random acts of kindness and compassion, I think we're really pulling together as Canadians. And so uh, I do want to reinforce, please, folks, if you can stay home, in every event, please follow the public health orders in your provinces. Um, uh, wash your hands, maintain those hygiene protocols, be particularly uh, mindful of the elderly, the, the frail, and, and those who are sick. And together, we're going to get through this. You know, I have an unusual sense of humor, Premier, right? You've run into that before. So I was thinking yeah. yesterday while I was, washing, <laughs> while I was washing my hands, if you have a problem with that, people, just think of it this way. You're water, waterboarding the virus. So. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Waterford the invisible enemy. <laughs> Premier Kenny, good talking to you always. Thank you for the time. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend. 